Hello and welcome to the podcast Big Thoughts, Small Sides, where I'll be interviewing some of the best coaches in the game to delve into their coaching minds and find their use of small-sided games in their elite performance environment. Today's interview is with John Doolan, the current Accrington Stanley assistant manager and former professional footballer. Having played and scored for Wigan Athletic, John moved into coaching with Wigan's first team before moving up to Hibernian in Scotland, finally joining Accrington Stanley, where he is assistant manager to John Coleman. John's wealth of experience and knowledge in the high-performance environment allows us to delve into what it's really like to be involved in the hectic schedule of the Football League. This should be a really intriguing and thought-provoking conversation. Before we jump into the conversation, if you would like to follow the journey of the Big Thoughts Small Sides podcast and blog, follow my WordPress blog page, Big Thoughts Small Sides. Without further ado, here's the interview. Uh, great. So, in your environment, do you use small-sided games? If so, how often? Well, we try and use them um, as often as we can. So, like, we'll, we'll do a session. Um, so, the session could consist of, you've, you've seen it probably yourself, you know, yeah. like a warm-up, passing drill, bit of possession, might go through into a phase of play or, or a bit of shape, 11 v 11. Yeah. And then after that, it's small-sided games. Yeah. To finish the session off, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. So would you say that that's kind of on a daily basis that you're doing them? Well, it would do. It, it all depends, um, obviously, because of the game. If you play the game on the Saturday and the lads are on a, um, a second day recovery, so they're off on the Sunday and then they come in Monday, the ones who haven't played um, will participate in some sort of small-sided games, you know what I mean? Yeah. Whereas the other lads who have played will uh, just probably do stretches and everything and just go to the gym or the pool. Yeah, yeah. Um, what do you believe the benefit of the small-sided games are for your team and kind of the environment as well? Well, the environment, everyone just wants to play football. I mean, from an early age, that's all you ever wanted to do, wasn't it? Was yeah, just, yeah. You know, pick two teams and just go away you go and just play. So yeah. it's great for that, for the, for the lads, you know, the mental state and, and, and all that. You know, at the end of it, maybe there's possibly nine times out of ten they're going to play small-sided games. And then it's how you tailor it. Um, you know, you can have them free, which is like just let them play. Yeah, yeah. Or you can put restrictions on it. Yeah. Um, sometimes you'll put restrictions in it uh, just to test players so you know you might be testing someone because his temperament's not very good so you might put him on two touch and then just see if he acts well to that or he acts to a bad decision where you might give a, a free kick against him or the ball goes out just to see the action from him yeah. just so he can learn from it going into like the, the weekends and Saturdays when he's up against it for real you know yeah, yeah. And have you. yeah definitely um, you kind of touched Touched on a bit of uh, constraints there. You know, you might put someone on two-touch. Um, apart from on-the-ball purposes, why else would you use small-sided games? Bit of team-building? Is there any kind of the fun side of the game, if anything? Well, it's the fun side of it because, I mean, as I said before, if if you just let them play, then they can try different things themselves. So they're trying skills, they're trying things to put in the game. Yeah. Um, and then the more that you probably do it, you let them play freely in the small side of games and the more that then you master the skills in the small side of games then the more then the chance that they've got of coming off you know on the Saturday yeah yeah definitely when you're playing against when, it, when it's surreal you know you're playing against teams for real yeah yeah definitely um, throughout kind of your coaching journey um, did shooters on qualification uh, on the courses that you've been on did shooters highlight this as a useful training method or is it something that was kind of picked up you know as you came into the jobs no, it's something that I, I've always had, sort of had myself. Um, 
just coming through, you know, playing football myself. Cause yeah. There's nothing better. There's no better feeling than when when you've trained or whatever, and come the end of it, you know, you're just gonna have a game of football. Yeah, yeah. Or you know, you're playing eleven v eleven. It's it's the same or eight v eight or nine v nine. And there's there's rules within the game, and if it goes out to throwing or whatever, but you're just getting that freedom just to play. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I think we've always just had that. I, I think um, I don't know what the emphasis on now with the FA when they're doing the, the coaching. Um, sort of educating people on the coaching side of things because I don't know because uh, obviously I took my badges yeah, you know, yeah. 2000s 1999 2000, 2008 and all that so I don't know whether it's changed yeah, and yeah. now we're saying like, they've, they've invented I know when I was a coach at Everton they tried to get the kids to come in a bit earlier just to play a bit of street football Yeah. so street football was literally they got a cage at Everton and the kids would come in and then they just play so while the coaches were setting up on the Astro and getting the session ready and all that, the kids would literally just just knock knock about in the cage and they'd have their own rules. Well, they wouldn't even have rules, I don't think. They just pick two teams and they just play. Yeah, so yeah. basically that goes back to when you're a kid yourself and then you're just playing with your mates freely on the field or yeah, exactly. you know, in the local park or whatever it is. Definitely, yeah, yeah. Um, but I think it's I think on. it's massive because as I said before, it all comes down to when there's no real rules, obviously there's free kicks and stuff like that, uh, and there's no offsides, then, you know, lads have been, uh, can express themselves and, like, you know, try new skills and different things, like. Yeah, yeah, I think you'll you'll start to see the clever side of players as well, don't you? You know, if you if you take well, away it. some of the rules, like the offsides. Is, it, gets, it gets, I wouldn't say it gets coached out of them. What happens then is they, they, they get a fear of, um, of trying these things because a fear of losing the ball and then, you know, a fear of like, you know, losing the game and then losing three points. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's that's the biggest thing. Whereas I think if you go back to when they're playing small side of games with the friends and all that, you try anything and then that's where the freedom is and then that's where they can express themselves and that's where they can master the skills and then hopefully it comes up from the Saturday, you know, they'll, they'll get more success out of it. Yeah, yeah. And they're doing it. We're going to do a small side of game and I'll say to the lads that and I'll tell them the small side of game is basically just play. Yeah. So and you could just see the the eyes light up. So they they're now they're engaged and then bang they're right into the session. They can't wait to get to the end of the session where they're just gonna play for you. Yeah, yeah. I think I, I can kinda of count for that as well when I was in with you and, and I remember exactly. I remember, you know, the excitement t- towards the end of when the games are starting yeah. to get built up and that. Yeah. Um what was the next one? Um where do they come in, in priority list of kind of training methods? So obviously you've we've talked about your phases of play, different pr- principles, bit of a warm up and then your small side of game, yeah. how important are they? Massively, I think, I mean, most clubs, well, I know our club, we tend to do them at the end of the game, yeah. sorry, the end of the session, but as sometimes, I mean, when I was a big in a first team coach, on a Friday, um, which is really low, sort of low key, because you've got your game, you're building up to your game Saturday, sometimes we do the small side of games, just go out, a bit of a warm up, a few stretches, and then play small side of games where they're playing one touch, two touch, and then it's all in. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, um, yeah. I think what you're kind of saying there. Four games and, and it's done. Yeah, because you're just kind of getting them fine tuned for the next day, aren't you? Getting ready for the game the next day. Yeah, yeah. Um, do you believe that the small side of games have benefit for technical and tactical development? So, you know, if you're pairing up the, say, if you're creating the teams, are you considering I might put my back four as one team so that they're fine tuning? You know, the communication for tomorrow, or yeah. are you putting your front four together? Well, it all depends on the small side of the game. It could be, if you're playing 8 for 8 you could put your back four in and then whatever else in front. Yeah. 
Yeah. You know, a two and then you know a two and then a two. So you know, um, obviously we don't forget keeper so it's like a ninety nine. Yeah. yeah. You could put your back four in. That's bearing in mind, and then they obviously uh, do what you want the back four to do, which is basically press, work as a unit, work as a group, uh, go out as an individual. Blah, and I think that's that's massive. Yeah. In the game, I think you can't work from a de- definitely from a tactical point of view in the small side of the game, no problem. Yeah. yeah. And then you know. Definitely, um, you'll benefit technically. Definitely, because of three passing receiving, um, you know, and you're going back to your tactical side of things is, is positional communication, yeah. uh, working as a unit, you know, so each, understanding your role and then obviously your, your partners or your back four or your back two or whatever or your full back. Definitely, mate. Yeah, yeah, perfect. Um, as, a, as a club as well, not not just yourself now, what is, what's your key reasoning for using a small-sided game? Is that, is... Well, well, as you said, sometimes you can use it from a tactical point of view. So you want to get a message across where the back four are rigid, they've got to stay so in a certain zone, which is just outside the 18-yard box. So you're getting your message across to them. Yeah. Or it could be where you're working in your midfield unit. You know, your message is they, they have to stay in this, um, this zone. Yeah. And they have to work with each other, so they have to work as a pair, if you if you know what I mean. Yeah. Um, so they can't sort of go across a certain line, they can't drop back, they can't go forward, they can't cross, uh, go into wide areas. So getting that tactical... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and then, uh, the benefits as well is, is that that's happening there, and then also you've got to... Go back and you speak all again and... And trying different things, which is pretty that, and all for you. Yeah, yeah. Um, just kind of in in specific specificity to your club, what kind of player do you believe benefits the most from the small side of games, or does each player get a different kind of buyout from it? Well, I think more so the technical players. Yeah, they're the ones who can dribble and get beat people one v ones and stuff like that. You know what I mean? Yeah, they definitely benefit from it. But there's also the ones who you might say uh, don't the experienced players who don't really they're always in the right place at the right time. So from a tactical point of view, they don't they do less running, but they they always seem to be in the right positions. Like say a centre half, so he's never really far from his goal. He's never really far from the eighteen yard box. So, you know, and he sort of always positionally always do, does well that way, do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, does playing small side gate small side of games kind of align with the club philosophy? For example, kind of does it represent how the club might play on a match day? So would so say if I watched a game on a Saturday, would I see what see that in, in a small side of game on a Wednesday as well? You definitely see that in a small side of game in terms of um technical ability. Yeah. So yeah, you'll yeah. see you'll see which you'll have seen when you'll see Jordan Clark getting the ball yeah. and you'll see him just taking people on with that freedom and getting people and getting crosses in. You'll definitely see that on a Saturday. Yeah. Uh, you'll see from a centre-forward's point of view where, you know, he's in and around the 18-yard box, it's, it's finishing skills. So the balls will come in the box and he's, he's working in tight areas and he's getting shots off or he's working in a tight area and he's linking the play up. Yeah. Um, so all that really. Yeah, yeah, that's great, so, that. Yeah, so, you're def- so definitely you think you'd see that Saturday. Yeah, perfect. Um, what do you believe is crucial to being successful in small sided games? You know, you, like you said about Jordan Clark, then someone who can dribble one v one, but you know, yeah. for a defender as well, being able to defend that one v one as well. What What do you believe? Well, what do you mean? Say that again. What What I think would be successful within a small sided game? Yeah, what do you believe is kind of important, like a key 
kind of what do you believe is crucial to be successful in them? Well, I think to have that um, that freedom to play, but also be able to to beat your man one v one. Yeah. You know, working in tight areas because they are small sided games. Working in tight areas, getting used to working in a tight area. How how, how you're going to find solutions to get out of a tight area? Whether that's beating your man in a one v one situation, or playing one touch or playing two touch quick. Yeah. Uh, and then, and also from from a small sided game point of view, is that because the pitch is so small as well. You've got that, you know, everyone's sort of hopefully working tactically uh, in the positions. And also, everyone can hopefully hear everyone and get get them communication skills across as well. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Mm. Um, looking at yourself as a coach now, w- would you plan to go in and stop, kind of stop the small side of, side of games or do you leave the players to lead it? The players, once you set it up, and the, I pick the captains and the players pick the teams. I sort of just leave it and just let it flow. Yeah. So if I need to, if I need to say anything, I'll, I'll say like you know, um, if someone's dribbled someone on Jordan Clark, for instance, and put the ball in the box, I'll tell him what a great cross it is. Yeah. And if the striker's had a shot and he's missed, I'll tell him unlucky go again. Yeah. Um, I'll tell Mark Hughes or whoever the defender's great defending. Um, I'll tell someone who's just defended the ball well and coming out with it. I'll tell the other defender, well done, getting around him in, in a good position. Well yeah. done there, you know what I mean? Because yeah, yeah. if he doesn't win, win that ball, you're in the right position to deal with that if the, def- if the defender slips or, or he's missed, the, missed kicks it or whatever it is. So yeah. positionally, tactically, you know, you're in, in a good position. So tell them and tell tell people who, who make good run, but runs off the ball as well. So yeah. I don't, I don't very, very rarely go in and, and stop the game. I'll just shout information across and get that across. Or I might just walk on. And just speak to the person as the game's going on. Great run, keep it going. Yeah, I seen you run, so don't get frustrated because the ball didn't come into your feet. Yeah. Just go again. You'll get it. You'll get it next time. Yeah. So yeah. It's good. It's good. You need to be able to see that as a coach, and also you need to be able to get that information across. And whether it's just, um, you know, shouting across from what position you're in, whether it's walking onto the pitch, or whether it's at half time, or whether it's at the end of the game, um, where you're getting the messages across. Then, but making sure all the players know and getting the feedback that they need. Yeah. Yeah. Perfect. That. Um, so you kind of hinted on it then that if you ever do need to get information across, you might walk in and 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 speak to a player individually. If you yeah. say if you put a, a constraint on it, you know, if you, I don't know, you put two touch yeah. or first time finishing that, would you ever kind of step in or use a different coaching method? You know, would you maybe stop stop the whole session and run run through something, or is it just kind of like you said before, player led? No, it's it's more. I think it'd be a bit more player led. It's the times I have stepped in, but it's only just to say because I haven't liked the tempo of the session. Yeah, I'm like the tempo of the game. So some of the lads will will, will use it as like you know, um, not one or two might want to get involved because they're looking forward to the Saturday game where they don't really want it play and pick a tempo up but sometimes you've you got to go in there and sort of get the tempo of the, of the, of the small side of the game whether it's a Friday you get it to the tempo you want sometimes you'd have to go in and slow it down because it's, it is a Friday you know you've been in mind that you've got the Saturday game so you tell them listen just relax just play it it's you know bring the tempo down just get a feel of the ball you know just be careful with your tackles and all that stuff but if it's a Tuesday or it's a Wednesday then maybe you're saying to them listen come on you need to pick the tempo up you've got to be at it yeah. You know, you're not getting near him, you're not closing shots down, you're not defending properly, you're not making runs in behind as a striker, so, you know, there's all different ways of looking at it. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, mm. When you're setting, when you're kind of setting up these small-sided games, in terms of session design, what are, what are you considering? 
you know, it, well, you consider the size of the group that you've got. Yeah. So then you consider the size of the pitch, and then as I said, if it's going into a game where it's the next day, then you've just got to sort of. It might be working from a tactical point of view, so you're looking at a certain um, phase of play that that you'll get the attacking team to go and attack the defenders, uh, and you'll you want the defenders in a certain position, or you want the midfielders across screening in front of defenders, wh- whichever way it is, or your wide player tucking him and the balls on the opposite side defending. So it all depends. So that's what uh, you know. With all the, whatever scenarios thrown up. Um, to yeah, um, for to going forward, so maybe the might be the game that you're playing next, or I don't know the opponent you've got. Yeah. Up, you know, in the next few days, I don't know. You know, it's, yeah, yeah. You've got to take that into account. Yeah, yeah, definitely. That's great. That. What I found really interesting about that conversation with John was how his sessions are tailored around the hectic playing schedule. The games come thick and fast, and they don't allow for much coaching to take place in between. More preparing and recovering is prioritised than coaching. Through small-sided games, however, they encourage creativity through free play. Master skills in tight areas, as this is hugely beneficial for match play and 1v1 situations, which take place in the bigger game. As well as this, players become motivated knowing there is a game at the end of training. This can increase training tempo and standard, which is what we all want as coaches. They can also replicate game-based scenarios through small-sided games, which allow for tactical training to occur within the game's environment. Finally, I found that he likes to stand back as a coach. He usually encourages player-led sessions where they hold each other accountable, which is also great for developing team chemistry. I'm intrigued as to try and implement the core themes of mine and John's conversation into my own practices, such as encouraging player ownership. This can be manipulated into each session as it allows performers to take control of their own learning. As well as this, with my aim of making it to the first team level of coaching, it'll be really important to consider schedules when preparing training sessions. I'm looking forward to applying some of these core themes to my training in order to develop my self-professionalism. Thanks for listening to the Big Thoughts Small Sides podcast. Be sure to follow the journey on my WordPress blog and also the podcast, which you can find on Spotify and Apple Music.